Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have come, that you are in our presence now. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you entered into our world 2,000 years ago. The Word made flesh. He made his dwelling among us. He tabernacled. He pitched his tent among us. Lord, thank you for coming. Thank you, Lord, for coming to be our Savior, uh, for the purpose of, of living for us, of dying for us, and then rising again, winning the victory over death, and giving us the gift of eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for these gifts. And now, Heavenly Father, as those who trust in you as Savior, we're living in your promises. Thank you, Lord, that every promise that you give finds its yes through trusting in you alone. So, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Lord, may we receive your word today. May the words that I speak today bring glory to you. And may I be able to speak in a way that, uh, that's clear, in a way that uh, brings this, this good news, the promises of God, uh, into all of our hearts and minds today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our reading today is taken from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. The Apostle Paul, writing under, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the believers in Ephesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And here ends the reading of God's word. Promises, promises, promises. People make promises, and sadly, people break promises. This is the world that we live in. We live in a world of broken promises. Politicians make promises. They promise to make everything great again. They promise to uh, remove all of the, the problems that, that we face as a nation. And I don't know about you, but I'm 42 years old, not as old as, as some of you, and I've, I've always followed politics. I've always been very interested in it. And I have heard many politicians make many promises over the decades, and I have seen that every time they make a promise, rarely do they fulfill it. 
promises, promises in material position, uh, possessions. People sell products, and when they sell us a product, they make promises. How many times have you purchased something and you thought that in purchasing this thing that, that, you're, uh, that all of, uh, you know, many of your problems would be solved through purchasing this product or that your, your dreams would finally be fulfilled if you had this one thing? I remember when I was a, a kid, I, I prayed. I prayed uh, that the Lord would uh, provide me with a radio control car. And I said, Lord, if you're real, when I wake up on Christmas morning, there will be an RC car under the Christmas tree. Well, I got that radio control car and I played with that thing. I played with it a lot. I played with it and I played with it until eventually the gears wore out and it wouldn't go anymore. That's the problem with material possessions, right? Eventually they wear out. Eventually they lose their luster. Eventually they lose the promise of everything that they uh, have said that they'll do for us. And that's why Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And we make promises to ourselves. So politicians make us promises, and oftentimes they, they fail to keep those promises, and then products or possessions promise us different things, and then we make promises to ourselves. This is the new year, right? It's the season of, of making New Year's resolutions, setting goals, and many of those things are, are very good, and if you set goals for yourself, make sure that they're realistic goals. But I know myself, I know that when I have made promises in the new year to do a certain thing, too often the promises that I've made to myself I've broken. I don't fulfill the promises that I even make to myself. And we make promises to God. And we make promises to God. I call this the Bible camp syndrome. You know, we, we've been going to, to Warm Beach camp now for 60 years as a congregation. Our camp actually started before this church started. In 1948, Bible camp started. And for five days at Bible camp... It's just a wonderful thing. It's, it's an incredible thing. We hear the preaching of God's word for five days. And at Bible camp, it seems every year there's an opportunity, an invitation is given for people to come forward to the altar and to receive Christ as Savior. Or to come forward to the altar and to rededicate uh, a life to, to Jesus Christ. And oftentimes when people go forward, they, they make promises to God. Because they've been confronted with the reality of their sin. And they've been, uh, they've been awakened to the wonder of the reality of the gospel. And they promise God things uh, that, that they probably will never be able to, to keep. God, I'm not going to sin in that way anymore. God, I, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. You've heard it before. God, I'm not going to drink, smoke, chew, or go with the girls who do. And then when camp is over... And the realities, the temptations of life come again. Promises made to God at the altar or in their cabin are broken. And then those people who make promises to God are devastated. They're devastated. Many people believe that their relationship with Jesus is based on the promises that they make to God. They go to the altar. They make all of these promises. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm never going to miss 
another day when I, when I do my devotions. I promise I'll never sin like that again. I'll prom- I promise that I'll serve you with my whole heart. And when they fail to keep the promises that they made to God, they're devastated and broken, and they think that they have failed God. But we need to realize, and we need to, to be awakened once again to the truth that your relationship with Jesus is not based on the promises that you make to him, but it's based upon the promises that he has made to you. I'll say it again, your relationship with Jesus is not based upon the promises that you've made to him. Your relationship with Jesus is based upon the promises that he has made to you. I've done it, you've done it, we've broken promises. We've broken our promises even to God. And, and to, to be very truthful, if, if our relationship with Jesus is based upon the promises that we've made to God, then we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. Thanks be to God, our relationship to him is not based upon the promises that we've made to him, but upon the promises that he's made to us. And every promise that God has made to you finds its yes in Jesus. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in him alone as your savior. And every promise of God that you find in the scripture, it finds its yes in him alone. Not in what you have achieved or what you have accomplished, but in what Jesus has accomplished for you. And Ephesians is is loaded with God's promises. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 14 is loaded with God's promises. This this is the passage that the pastor looks at and it is so dense, uh, not not in in, in the negative sense, but it's, it's just full, it's packed with promises that is difficult to preach it because there's just so much there. Every sentence, every clause is packed with wonderful truth. So today I, I have taken four of the promises from Ephesians chapter three, or Ephesians one, three through 14, uh, to bring to you today. The Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, teaches us that those trusting in Jesus are promised four things. Number one, those of you trusting in Jesus, you're promised adoption. You are promised adoption. Number two, you are promised redemption. Number three, you're promised an inheritance. And four, you're promised the Holy Spirit. You're promised adoption, redemption, an inheritance, and the Holy Spirit. Every promise of God finds its yes in Jesus alone. So yes, you are adopted into God's family. Yes, you are redeemed from sin. Yes, you have an inheritance in heaven. And yes, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So number one, adopted into his family. You have been adopted into the family of God. Did you know that when a child is adopted that that child receives a brand new birth certificate? And the names of the parents who adopt the children are placed on that birth certificate? Did you know that the child takes on a new name? Same is true of you. 
You have been chosen by God. God planned and he purposed to choose you, to adopt you as his child. And you've been given a new name. You've been given a new identity. And your identity is now in Jesus Christ. You are his child. You belong to him. God's your father. So the next time you fear, the next time you're discouraged, the next time you sense the guilt of your sin, remember who your father is and remember what he has done for you in sending Jesus Christ to save you. Your father, he loves you unconditionally. It doesn't matter how many promises that you've broken to him. He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. So number one promise is that he adopted you into his family. You are his child. You belong to his family now. And how is it possible? How is it possible for us to be adopted into God's family and to have God as our father? Well, it's because of the redemption that he has provided for you. That's promise number two. Promise number one is you're adopted into God's family. Promise number two is that he has redeemed you. You've been redeemed. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Redemption. Redemption. What does this word redemption mean? What does it mean to be redeemed in the New Testament sense of the word? This word was used within the Roman world to purchase a slave. But not to purchase a slave to keep that slave in servitude. Rather, the term was used to purchase a slave to set the slave free. Isn't that beautiful? Churches actually did this. Uh, Back before slavery was illegal, churches would raise money. They would purchase a slave And then they would release the slave, free the slave from the bondage of slavery. That's what it means to be redeemed. Today you are redeemed. You are redeemed. You have been purchased not with silver or gold, but you have been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. He shed his blood to redeem you. And now you're free. You're free. Set free as an inheritor of eternal life. So you are adopted. You're in God's family. God is your father. You've been redeemed. You've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. And now you have an inheritance in heaven. Wouldn't it be neat to hear that you have a long lost relative that has bequeathed to you an amazing estate, a big mansion, a lot of uh, really nice cars, a yacht, and a pile of money. Wouldn't that be neat? There's only one problem with that inheritance, and this is the problem with all earthly wealth, is, is that earthly wealth doesn't last. And you can't take earthly wealth with you into eternity. You've heard the old saying, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer, right? 
You can't take any of the stuff that you have in this life with you into eternity. So we have have received an inheritance that is greater than earthly wealth. The inheritance that you have received is an eternal inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven, which will never perish, spoil, or fade. That's the inheritance that you've received. And and the riches of this inheritance is far greater than anything that we can receive in this life or through material possessions. So you are adopted into the family of God. God is your father. You're redeemed. You're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ through the cross. And you have an inheritance kept in heaven. An inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Better than any earthly thing that we can receive. And then number four, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I could spend a long time talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit today. I'll remind you of one thing that the Holy Spirit does for you. John 14, 26. John 14, 26. This is a verse to underline in your Bible. This is a verse to memorize. Write it down, John 14, 26. This is what the Holy Spirit does for you. But the helper, this is Jesus speaking in John chapter 14, speaking to the disciples. He's preparing them for his departure for the cross and for his eventual ascension to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. John 14, 26, he says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. He is your helper, he is your teacher, and he is the one who brings to remembrance all the things that Jesus has promised to us. So because you are filled with the Holy Spirit, We never forget. We'll always be those people who remember the promises that he's given to us. You and I need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We need him because we are so prone to wander and we are so prone to forget all the things that God promises us. How many of you, as you begin your your work week or or your regular uh, week after Sunday... And as as the difficulties of life begin to weigh you down, how often do you forget God and the promises that he's given to you? We all do. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. But then how many of you, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of the hardship, a hardship that you've experienced, the Holy Spirit has brought to your mind, has brought to your remembrance a promise that has sustained you, a promise that has lifted you up and carried you through a difficulty. We need the Holy Spirit, because apart from the Holy Spirit, we forget. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we can't remember. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we're defeated. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we remain discouraged. But through the Holy Spirit, he brings to our remembrance, he brings to our minds every promise, every promise that finds its yes in Jesus. And not only is the Holy Spirit the one who 
who reminds you of all these things. He's also the guarantee. He's the guarantee. The word in the Greek is, is the word for earnest. Many of you know what earnest money is. It's money that you put down saying, I promise. I promise to uh, make this purchase. Well, God has given you an earnest deposit. And that earnest deposit is the Holy Spirit. Guaranteeing you that every promise that he has made to you finds its yes in Jesus Christ. Have you broken a promise? Maybe you've been at the, at, the, at the altar of church or at the altar of Bible camp. Maybe you've knelt there and you've made a promise to God. God, I promise I'll, I'll never sin like this again. Or I promise every day I'll read my Bible and I'll pray. Or I'll never miss church again. Or I'm going to serve you with all my heart. And then you've left camp. The temptations of the real world hit you. You've broken those promises. Don't despair. Don't despair. Don't give up. Look to Jesus. In him, every promise is fulfilled. In him you find love that is unconditional and everlasting and promises that are guaranteed. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for every promise that you've made to us. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, as we go about this work week, no matter what we face this week, no, none of us knows what, what tomorrow holds. No matter what we face in life, today, tomorrow, in the weeks and the months and the years to come, may we always be reminded of the truth of your promises. And may we walk in those promises with confidence that you are the one who keeps every promise. We fail, but you never fail. Give us, Lord, your Holy Spirit to trust and to believe. It's in your name we pray. Amen.